Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back to the show, Chris Lee Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, where we have been renewed for another year, I'm happy to tell you. Uh, great to be with you. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, lots to get to as the world of international soccer continues despite this pandemic. Yes, there may be games only in, say, the Belarusian Premier League. Uh, however, Bundesliga getting ready to start up again. And, of course, lots of stories percolating about the international global football's response to this pandemic. We're talking about when leagues come back. We're talking about who shares the burdens between uh, fans, players, and owners. Uh, we're talking about plans for the future. What to do with these leagues that are sort of stuck in limbo, whether it's the big European leagues, the Champions League, the Europa League. Plus, you know, of course, Euro 2020 pushed through to 2021 now. How does that affect the global calendar? So much to get to, but of course, some stories never change. And we will constantly come back to them and deal with them when they rear their ugly head. And we're going to talk about the res the uh, the uh, fallout from this pandemic. Let's talk about some statements coming out of England by young DeAndre Yedlin and also the uh, corruption in FIFA at FIFA Never Changes. Uh, Kartik Krishna are going to join me for a couple of these segments and uh, chime in on this, uh, as I hope I will hear from you as well. Find me on Twitter, at McGeeber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Sports Talk. It is really a great time to talk as we can take a step back from the minutiae and intricacies of game-by-game uh, game, game day. And we can look at sometimes the bigger picture surrounding the game. And one of the topics we haven't got to today that we will get to, we have to talk about Barcelona because the great Catalan club in a meltdown over there in Spain. Uh, we need to talk about Barcelona, what's happening, the fire sale that's going on, the exit of the board of directors. But actually, I'm teasing that, but we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, let's talk about that another day when we can give it a bit more time. All right, uh, once again, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. This is Fist Street Soccer presented by betonline.ag. Do me a favor, head over there right now. Use promo code MYPOD100. Uh, that's promo code MYPOD100 and receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, I will be right back to kick it off after this on Fist Street Soccer. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM211. Dan Patrick Sports, I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. And I have to tell you, you know, I am super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Styles changing, formal wear is out, and if you're hanging out around your house with this lockdown in effect, you know that you are wearing a lot of T-shirts and probably your undies, but I can tell you, T-shirts, they're absolutely in. Look, true classic tees, Hands down my favorite. It's a company based in L.A., and it's a T-shirt that's on the rise. Their T-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly, incredibly versatile. Look, you could wear them out. If you're going to go take your trash out for your once-a-week uh, 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 public appearance, wear your, wear your new T-shirt from True Classic Tees. You could wear them out. You can wear them to work. You can wear them around the house. 
Best part is they're incredibly cheap. They're only 15 bucks a piece, and you can now get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com. Use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com, and hang out around the house in some style. Well, a man who is always in style uh, joins me on the show, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, uh, thanks for staying with us here. Yeah, great to be uh, back, Nick. Yes, good to be back. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kartik, you said, I'll be back, and you have been, and it's good to have you back. <laughs> Let's talk about England, Kartik. Other than the fact that we've got a couple of footballers, Kyle Walker and Jack Grealish, who have just been behaving, well, badly, I guess, if you want to think about responsibility, probably behaving as sort of early 20s millionaires, uh, athletes with a great big libido and uh, nothing to do. Uh, but they have been partying with some ladies of ill repute, apparently, Kartik. Yeah, and, and in the case of uh, Grealish, he apologized. In the case of Walker, I guess he's going to get uh, the book thrown at him by Manchester City. It just seems so socially um, unaware and, and, and reinforces this notion that particularly British footballers in their 20s have some sort of distance from society as a whole and reinforces all sorts of negative stereotypes about the game. But um, there's more to more than just those two that are reinforcing negative stereotypes sure. about modern football. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's get off this because I did a whole show uh, yesterday about uh, English footballers being tone deaf. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about something that's really uh, much more important than the bad behavior of a couple of kids. Let's talk about the impact that this shutdown is having on not so much the Premier League teams, although it will have an impact on many of the Premier League teams. But let's go down the Football League, Kartik, and talk yeah. about the impact. Like I saw Sunderland just laid off a bunch of players. Uh, what about other teams that have been really iffy in terms of their finances, particularly down in the Championship and the Football League? W what do you think the casualty count is going to be at the end of this, Kartik? And do you think the FA and the Premier League are doing enough in terms of making money available? I know FIFA said they were going to open their coffers to football clubs in trouble. Uh, but is there enough money out there to save the system? I don't think there is, but still, I would say the FA and Premier League are not doing enough. Uh, they uh, put a, a little bit of money into lower division clubs last week, and I actually tweeted it right away once the Premier League had its press release. That's the least they can do. That's a drop in the bucket. So I, I, I think if they were willing to share some of the TV money with uh, lower division clubs, particularly the ones in need, the ones that have not been in the Premier League recently and are not getting parachute payments, that would be uh, – uh, prefer uh good now sunderland is a club that has been in the premier league recently for a long time they had yep. a 10 year run or so in the league and if uh, i might add been, got uh, relegated with one of the lowest point totals in premier league history yes and they um they have not been a particularly well-run club I, I give them a lot of credit for opening their doors for uh this netflix documentary that i think we've all probably binged on in the last week but um you can even see in that documentary it's a club with uh which had um, a financial uh, a financial structure, a financial model which was stretched. They had an owner that was uh, based in Florida who wrote a lot of checks uh, and uh, uh, self-sustained the club. Ellis Short, he then sold the club mm -hmm. uh, to Stuart Donald, who does not seem willing, who seems to be a spendthrift. And we see that very clearly in the documentary. They didn't get promoted last season. They lost in the playoff final to Lee Boyers-Charlton. This season, 
they were struggling. Then Phil Parkinson came in. They played well since then, but now we're uh, in a in a uh, uh, in, in a pause. So we're not sure if they're going to get back up this season. So now I think they've begun to follow that kind of fiscal discipline their new owner has and lay off people. There are a number of other clubs, uh, some in the Midlands, some in the North, a few in in. Uh, Greater Manchester, like Oldham, that are really struggling financially with this shutdown. Uh, I think there are going to be clubs that fail. Um, I don't have a definitive number from England. I have talked to sources in Germany who tell me if something isn't done, and let's face it, in Germany they're a little more generous. The Bundesliga one clubs are more generous in, right. in, than the Premier League clubs. Uh, that there might only be 18 to 20 professional clubs left in Germany. If they really? Do, uh, do, yeah. Because um, they're losing out on all the TV money and the gate revenues. Well, that's if they don't. If that that's actually if they don't resume the season. And I know we're going to talk about it in the in uh, um, the ne- the next segment about the uh, German league, about the Bundesliga resuming and uh, maybe forcing a resumption early. But if they do resume the season, that's not a problem. But if they don't, uh, and that was a doomsday scenario. What he told me, I would think it would be really somewhere between. Um, four, 30 and 40 teams that would survive in Germany. In England, there are a lot of clubs living on the edge, Nick, already. Uh, we see clubs that have um, overspent. We, have, we see clubs that have, uh, have taken on a lot of debt, and we also see a lot of clubs that have, um, that have pushed for promotion, not made it, and then had serious financial problems. I mean, even clubs like right. the Oval come to, town, so, uh, come to mind. So I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be really bad. And the big, the bottom line is the Premier League and the FA need to step in and do something. And I would add, just uh, the, in the U.S., the same thing might happen. So if the U, if U.S. soccer uh, does not want to spend that surplus to help lower division teams get through this, shame on them. Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, th- we're going to talk about this on another day. We're going to actually take a whole day, Carter, and do uh, a full show on what's happening in the U.S. and the response. But I think if we look at the U.S., we have to look down at, at leagues like the US, USL, which I think is probably the most exposed league, more so than uh, NPSL or the sort of the leagues below that, yeah. because USL has some fairly high maintenance requirements as a league in terms of stadium side leases you have to have player contracts that you have to be on. Of course, they have large franchise fees and annual payments. This could be a devastating blow for USL. Um, and I'm not sure as much as I have my issues with USL Kartik, I don't think that's helpful at all to the pyramid here in the United States. Not that we have a pyramid, by the way. We do not. We have a bunch of different leagues. But I don't think that that is helpful to USL and to, uh, let's say, minor league soccer at all. No, I think it would be very devastating for the sport in the U.S. I, I agree with you. I think NPSL teams, NPSL, because they made the the tough decision, but the wise decision to just abort their season completely. Right. Uh, if you haven't heard, the NPSL has canceled their season. So um, those teams were able to get, and, I, and I'm in touch with a number of, of those clubs, out of any kind of stadium lease, any sort of other um, staffing arrangements that they had made because their season hadn't started. Their season was about to start, by the way. When the plug was pulled, they were we were about a week or two away from the start of the NPSL season. So um, the timing worked out. They ma- made the decision a few weeks later just to abort. Uh, USL clubs did begin their season. They have stadium leases. They have player contracts. They usually rent facilities. They rent training facilities. They do not have any revenue coming in currently. They do not have a TV deal. I know they're on ESPN, but it's basically a barter deal. They're not getting really a rights fee for that. So they have um, 
an even greater problem. I mean, their problem is probably a lot like League One and League, League Two in England. Fairly similar, other than in League One and League Two, a lot of those clubs do control their grounds. Others don't. Uh, but I, I really fear for USL. This is going to be very difficult for them. And that is, again, why U.S. soccer needs to help out uh, Jake Edwards and Alec Papadakis in Tampa. Maybe write them a check or do something to get them through this. All right. Well, Kartik, we're going to have to talk about that another day. I think that's a whole show on the impact that the shutdown has on Major League Soccer. Uh, in the meantime, always great to have you back with me. Nick Eber and Kartik Krishnaya with you here on Fifth Street Soccer live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. He's at KKFLA737. We will be right back after this. All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer presented by betonline.ag. And look, if you're... uh, Waiting out this pandemic at home uh, and you're listening to this show, and uh, I know you are every day. Uh, I thank you for that. Uh, outside of the incredible fun you're going to have uh, listening to this show and participating here at Fifth Street Soccer, you can have a lot of fun as well uh, betting online at betonline.ag. Uh, look, I know there's no NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, uh, you name it, Champions League, Europa League. The World Cup qualifying, there's none of that stuff going on right now. And, of course, the Euros postponed as well. Uh, so you may think there's nothing to bet on. But, look, Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino and a huge poker room as well, as well as a blackjack room. Uh, and sports, of course, not totally done. If you consider these a sport, you can do eSports. You can bet on American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, table tennis, Belarusian Premier League. Uh, of course, they have the $750,000 poker series as well. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100, uh, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Welcome back to the show. It, it really is great to do the show, and, and I hope that you're uh, enjoying it. And I would like to also make an announcement that uh, we're very pleased to announce that uh, we have been renewed by uh, SiriusXM and Dan Patrick Sports for another year. Uh, bringing you entertainment here on Sirius XM 211 and, of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network as well. Look, a couple of things happening in the world of football uh, outside of just the, the big, big stories, of course, which is the pandemic response, which is the corruption at, uh, at uh, U.S. soccer, the corruption at FIFA, the shutting down of the Development Academy. I mean, these are all obviously huge stories. First of all, I would like to take this opportunity uh, to express uh, my sadness at the passing of Leeds United legend Norman Hunter, who died at the age of 76 as a result of this insidious uh, coronavirus uh, uh, coronavirus illness, COVID-19. Uh, he was a member of England's World Cup winning squad of 1996. He won two league titles and an FA Cup with Leeds United, and he did not live to see Leeds United promoted back to the Premier League, which is, in my opinion, where they belong. Leeds, one of the, the great clubs of English football. And uh, look, yes, they've gone through a terrible time. The last 20 years or 15 years have been really awful for Leeds United. It's longer than 15 years. Actually, now it's 20 or so. Uh, they had you know, awful ownership that destroyed Leeds. Ellen Road was became um, uh, a 
commodity that was sold forward into the futures market basically put the club into bankruptcy and and they have tried and uh, to recover and come back and they are now poised for a return to the premier league i think so much is going to depend on what happens with this discussion uh, that the premier league clubs are having about how they're going to conclude the season we'll see how that goes but uh, once again very sad about passing of leeds united legend norman hunter um a couple of MLS stories sort of percolating out there. One is an interesting tweet that was put out by DeAndre Yedlin, who basically tweeted out that essentially uh, promotion and relegation in Major League Soccer would make it a more serious and competitive league. And look, he played for the Seattle Sounders before he went to Spurs. Um, and he um, went, obviously, for, to Sunderland, to Newcastle, uh, where he is now. A and it's interesting to me because, you know, you've got a guy like Yedlin that stands up and makes a statement. This is a guy that's played in MLS. This is a guy that is as American as they come. He's gone over. He's played in England. He, he gave some really, really interesting insight into his tenure at, uh, at, uh, in England uh, at the start of it. He was depressed. The first six months were very difficult for him. The pressure was almost too much to bear. He, he considered coming back. He said at that point it just wasn't about money anymore. Uh, but after that six-month period, he sort of got over the hurdle and uh, really is enjoying it and enjoying the competition. But his point is well taken. Major League Soccer would make, uh, promotion relegation would make MLS a more serious league. And one of the things that Yedlin says specifically is that um, it, it, it just increases the pressure on every aspect and every game. Every game is a must-win game. And it is interesting to hear some of the response uh, from, the, from Twitter. Robert, uh, Robert Burns, who you may remember being in World Football Daily, uh, says it's an interesting that the article omits his views on understanding the financial implications of it here and why it won't work. And the part about games meaning more, every game matters, question mark, bollocks. Plenty of dead rubbers in games mean more because football means more. It's culture. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I fully agree with Robert here. I do agree with him, by the way, in the point that financially, given the American model, promotion and relegation today won't work. And, and, and for those in the promotion relegation department who think we just uh, flip a switch and that's it, you come up from uh, uh, USL and you, you go into the Premier League or you go into MLS or, or whatever it is, uh, that is just uh, unrealistic thinking. However, I think there needs to be a pathway to promotion and relegation, and we need to set ourselves on that path. And I'm going to loop this back in to where we are today in the coronavirus crisis, where Major League Soccer is looking at you know, 28 markets that they're in, and outside of those 28 markets, the league has no relevance whatsoever. Unless the league is willing to expand into every single relevant market in the United States, which it may be, I don't know. It's going to be very, very difficult to garner support outside of your local team, which is why, for example, the television ratings are so appalling for Major League Soccer because outside of your local market, there is very little interest in the league. And there shouldn't be, there should be very little interest in the league because where the league sits today, and by the way, MLS uh, fans, please don't get upset with me. I mean, this is the truth. 
where the league sits today, it is not a top quality world league. If, I, if I'm not in a market with an MLS team, if I'm not vested in supporting one major league soccer team because they are my local team, Let's say I live in, um, let's say I live in, um, I don't know, I'm come, trying to come up with a, with a city here. St. George, Utah, or Las Vegas. Let's say I live, well, I do actually live in Las Vegas. Say I, I, I live in Las Vegas. There is no Major League Soccer team here in Las Vegas. So where would my allegiances lie? What would drive me to spend two hours out of my day watching a Major League Soccer game on television when I know what I'm watching isn't the best league in the world by a long shot, where I know what I'm watching is second or third-rate professional soccer. And again, no disrespect, the Premier League is the Premier League and the Champions League is the Champions League. Why would I watch the uh, LAFC play um, uh, New York Red Bull when I can watch... Liverpool play Man United or Spurs play Newcastle or, you know, a relegation battle between, say, Norwich and Bournemouth. There's, there's no reason that I would do that uh, because I'm not vested in it. Now, what promotion and relegation does is it says to me, well, maybe you want to be vested in it because Las Vegas Lights, my local USL team, well, you know, if they if they continue on their you know seven game win streak, and it's an example, well, of course, sorry, sorry, Eric Ronaldo, uh, they could finish top of the champ, top of the U top of the USL championship, and be promoted to Major League Soccer. Well, then all of a sudden, I get a lot more interested in MLS as a league. And as we come out of this pandemic lockdown, whenever that may be, by the way, uh, MLS has now announced or are expected to announce uh, that there won't be any league games, I believe, until. Uh, sometime around the 30th of June is what I'm hearing, although I, I may be wrong, so you'll forgive me for that. Um, June 8th at the earliest. That is being reported now. MLS now makes reporting from Wednesday official. No games until June the 8th at the minimum. They're going to come back to what? A shortened league? They're going to come back to a shortened league with no TV ratings. No one outside of those markets are vested. Look, the ones that I really feel bad for uh, is, for example, uh, the guys at uh, Inter Miami. A brand new franchise just set up, just starting. You know, don't get to play. And, of course, MLS right now asking their players to take up to a 50% pay cut. A and uh, I will say this. I feel very bad for the MLS players because they, they don't make nearly as much on average as players in, in big, uh, in other world leagues that are, you know, in very rich countries. But, um, you know, what MLS has done is said no one under 100,000 will be cut. Uh, the base that you could be cut to is 100,000. That's kind of the baseline. And, and so that's good. And they're hoping to save 150 million. But then I'm thinking to myself, this is a league that is taking an overinflated rate of $300 plus million to add a new franchise. Are you telling me that you're going to put this much burden on the players? Maybe you should make that pay cut a little less than 50%. Maybe you should make that cut pay cut 10% or 15% because they're not the highest paid players anyway. I'm not being super critical of MLS about this, by the way, because they've got to do what they've got to do. And I do agree, as again, with Robert Burns, that the current financial reality is such that it is unlikely that um, promotion relegations financially is going to work. But once again, we do need to get to the pathway of promotion 
and relegation. And you need to get to the pathway of listening to this show Monday through Friday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports, Fifth Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. By the way, you can also find us on our digital platform, so that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and as well, of course, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening, courtesy of the American Forces Network. It is such a great pleasure and privilege uh, to speak with our servicemen and women uh, as we do on this show. You can find me on Twitter at Nikiba. Love to know what you think. Look, uh, everyone knows I'm an MLS. Uh, I am a, a critic of Major League Soccer. I don't like the league. It doesn't compel me. I don't really watch it. I do follow it, obviously, because I do the show. But look, talk to me. Uh, this isn't a one-sided conversation. Everybody has opinions, and a lot of the times your opinions are very, very valid. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. We'll be right back with more after this on Fist Free Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. <laughs> Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll It's very good indeed Alright, welcome back to the show the street soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports, also on one of our many digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm your host, Nick Eber, great to be with you, along with my good friend and co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, Kartik, uh, you know, in the middle of this uh, pandemic situation, of course, it's funny to hear sex and drugs and rock and roll because, you know, I know that is your theme song, first of all, Kartik. And, <laughs> uh, and second of all, as we're all stuck in our homes, uh, counting down the days that we can get back to our lives of sex and drugs and rock and roll, uh, just like the old days, it's almost, uh, even though we're in isolation here, some things never change, Kartik. What do they say? It's deja vu all over again. Uh, the news coming out, the FBI indicting more FIFA officials about the bribery around the 2018 World Cup in Russia, which has obviously passed, and the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Kartik, uh, the, <laughs> the depths of depravity and greed no, no bounds. And for those of us that knew all along that something smelt really bad the minute the name Doha Cutter came out of that envelope, uh, this is just furthering what we've known all along, that uh, something is very, very, very rotten in the state of, I suppose we should say, Switzerland. Yeah, and you know what's really quite bizarre uh, about all of this now is that we're finding that there were bribes involved with television companies as well. Fox. Uh, to to brought yeah with Fox specifically here in the U.S. to uh, to uh, broadcast uh, the World Cup. So FIFA is available at the highest bidder, even uh, in terms of how they uh, they handled the television bids from the U.S. I have to say, and, and, and we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about this ever on this show. I've talked about it in other places. I, I had a background, a conversation on background, so I can report a little bit of it, but not who, who, who it was with, about NBC, when NBC had actually uh, banked the highest bid with FIFA 
for the 2000 NBC Universal for the 2006 and 2010, and I believe 2014 World Cups, or, or maybe it was just 10 and 14. And at the time, NBC didn't show, they didn't have the Premier League rights yet. They didn't show MLS. They didn't show uh, anything other than Olympic soccer, I guess. Um, Chuck Blazer, who is infamous, intervened right. with FIFA to have them reverse the award uh, of the rights to NBC and give it to ESPN because ES, ESPN and ABC, because they broadcast major league soccer and they did some sort of deal through some to make that happen. So even um, in 2006 or 2005, when the award was given for the 10 and 14 world cups, the previous site right cycle, when ESPN had it, there was funny business going on. And um, the person at NBC who, who had this conversation with me told me, look, they would probably never deal with again because of it because they had actually tabled the high bid um, and they had found other entities in the sport much more honest. They tabled the high bid for the Premier League. They got the rights, even though Fox and right. ESPN were the incumbents. So um, FIFA has been doing this even before the Russian Cutter thing. But I think uh, the, the specter of, um, of Roman Abramovich taking uh, uh, Sepp Blatter to dinner uh, with Putin the night before uh, the vote and and those sorts of things just took this well, all out into the open. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but but I mean, Kartik, what about uh, um, the uh, the uh, the French uh, president uh, who I remember Sarkozy? Yeah, yeah, he had a Sarkozy. Deal Carter, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Sarkozy and uh, and uh, Platini and the head of Doha? Yeah, Platini's son meeting with the head of uh, with the Qatari crown prince. Uh, and the head of B in Sport just before they announced the acquisition of PSG, which of course was Sarkozy's <laughs> team, and then and then yes. Platini switching his vote last minute to Qatar. Uh, you know, Platini's has uh, been shamed, which is a, which is a sh uh, it is in fact a shame because uh, he was truly a great player in his day, uh, one of the greats yeah. I would say of the game. But you know, he shamed himself with this sort of unabashed greed. Uh, it, it's, it really is like there's a sense of entitlement amongst the top 1% of people that are working in FIFA, surprise, surprise, uh, who think that no, all the money is theirs. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the Platini thing is particularly heartbreaking for us, Nick, because we thought it was all these suits and all these bankers and all these uh, horrible uh, Swiss executives that were making FIFA corrupt. And we believe putting a footballer, an actual yeah, great right. footballer, one of the 10 or 15 greatest players of all time in a position of power would change the game. In fact, he just got taken in by them and started behaving like them. That's what happened. Or, or was he like that be beforehand, Kartik? I mean, we just don't know, well, maybe right? Maybe he was. I mean, maybe, maybe that's why they I mean, put him all, up. Maybe he was their man. Maybe he was their man all along. I mean, who knows? All I can yeah. tell you is he's still suffering his ban from football. I believe he's got another five years on it or something like that. Yep, uh, yep. And, but, you know, and we... Uh, we are going to do a show on the situation here in the United States. Uh, but this is where it begins to cross over because the FBI, in investigating FIFA, uses a set of tools and it, because of the status of the sport here in this country, where it is not sacrosanct, it is not the national pastime, it is treated with the same scrutiny as any other business entity. So when it comes to glad-handing, bribery, illegal doing, monopolization, uh, you know, uh, violations of the Wire Act, they are, they do not have the sort of immunity that they would have 
uh, both in terms of public opinion and in terms of government's disdain and 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 uh, and shall we say hesitation to put their hand into this problem and fix it the fbi and the united states government have no such qualms no uh so because football hasn't been traditionally the biggest sport here they're not going to pull any punches and if you uh cross the line you probably will get caught and the thing that was uh and, and it's funny i should have had some heads up that there would be something like this go down i remember walking um, with a with a colleague in soccer in 2012 uh, to a restaurant in Miami, and we passed some some bank in the in the financial district of of, of uh, the Brickell section of Miami, and he turned to me and said, "You know, that's where Leeds United washes their money. That's where Ken Bates puts his money." Hmm. And I thought, why would he be dumb enough to put his money in the United States when we know Ken Bates? <laughs> we we all know why. Anyone listening to this show knows what Ken Bates is, but. These people, these thieves, like the Ken Bates of the world, and all these characters in FIFA were dumb enough to use the U.S. banking system yep. to wash their money. That's why they got caught. And um, I think that this, the, there, there's no limit to this because they were dumb enough. I guess they had to use the U.S. financial system to move their money uh, across borders, which was uh, the danger they got into. And, and uh they didn't. They didn't want to use Chinese banks or, or or whatever. Maybe if they had, they wouldn't have gotten caught, or maybe they would have been nailed earlier. Who knows? Right, right. Um, I'm not sure what the Chinese relationship with FIFA is. I, I think the Russians obviously have a close relationship with them, but they don't have a, a, a great banking system. It would really be China, Japan, or the U.S. Right? Really? Right. Um, so they they got caught, and the DOJ and, and FBI have no qualms about busting these people. None whatsoever. And so. Uh, you know, look, we knew about Chuck Blazer, we knew about Conmebol, uh, pardon me, CONCACAF's, uh, you know, corruption. Uh, but I guess, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, it was really the issue here is the fact that now um, Conmebol have been uh, dragged further into this than they were before. And of course, yeah. uh, you know, it's looking really, really bad for Qatar. I mean, it's clear you have to be a complete moron to not realize these guys bribed their way to getting these bids. And the fact is, we're still going to hold the World Cup in Doha despite this, Kartik. I mean, at what point do you think they reevaluate this? Or do you think they reevaluate this at all? Well, if they don't do it right now, then they never will. Because let's face it, uh, we have a break in football now. We have calendars that are going to change, right? We have right. Uh, the fact that Serie A and uh, La Liga are probably not going to finish their seasons. Who knows when La Liga and Serie A begin the next season? Uh, who knows when Major League Soccer resumes? Uh, the Bundesliga and Premier League seem to be uh, uh, charting a, a more reckless course, but who knows if, if those two leagues really uh, are, are get back on schedule. So if they don't, um, we are in a position where um, the whole calendar is being blown up anyway. So why not reevaluate a World Cup there, right? Well, Everything yeah, else right. is changing. Well, I mean, so, I, and, and, but, and of course, is how will. is and how is it going to affect qualifying? I mean, because look, um, if now what you're going to have is a situation where the Euros are going to move to 2021, uh, what are you going to do yeah. for qualifying? You've still got to qualify the Euros, and you've still got to qualify the World Cup. 
Right, right. And uh, that's in Europe. And obviously, Copa has moved to 2021. So South America right. qualifying. I don't know how they get it done. I think now you're looking potentially at having to move that World Cup to 2023 anyway. Well, it right? was basically so going to be in 2023, case. wasn't it? I mean, it was December 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, but again, they can't move it to the summer. It's too hot. If they move it to 2023, it's going to have to go in December 2023. I think they need to strip uh, Qatar of the World Cup for the obvious crime of bribing. You know, again, and, and I've been I've been mixed on this, Kartik, because uh, I believe that the problem wasn't Qatar. It was the system, and it was FIFA, where clearly bribing your way to getting a World Cup bid was the way it was done. But, you know, this is so brazen, so in your face, and uh, the fact that they couldn't then hold the World Cup during the summer, Kartik, I think that that in and of itself is reason to just dump it. Yeah, and there's a couple of African nations in January. I assume that will go on as scheduled, uh, but it, it, but they're losing qualifying gates. So because of that, Africa, I don't know if they'll qualify, get the qualifying done either. The only group, place we know will get the qualifying done is CONCACAF because they'll do whatever it takes to get the U.S. and Mexico in. So they'll, <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll just do it based on FIFA rankings, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but I think the rest of the world is going to have a hard time getting qualifying done now. So that puts FIFA in a position where they could reevaluate this and they could say, okay, we want to clean up this, uh, this body. But it seems like Infantino, if anything, maybe even worse than Bladder. He's, um, he's aligned himself, and we're going to talk about this in another show, but he's aligned himself very closely with uh, uh, U.S. soccer. He's aligned himself with, uh, with the uh, sponsors from the Middle East. What's happened yeah. during Infantino's tenure is uh, the traditional sponsors of FIFA from uh, the U.K., from Germany, from France, from the Netherlands. They've all backed out. They're no longer FIFA sponsors. And instead, he's gone to the Middle East and gone to the United States and found corporate sponsors who were less offended by FIFA for whatever yeah. reason. So I think there's pretty much like a Europe versus the rest of the world thing going on. Yeah, uh, Western really... Europe, I should say. Well, that's right. But I mean, it was it was the support of the non-European countries that got Infantino elected to begin with. Keep that in mind. Correct. Those correct. are people that's that he why. pandered, shamelessly yeah. pandered to. Um, uh, you know, he is possibly a little bit more transparent than Blatter was. But I'm not sure that the corruption at FIFA has been rooted out. I, look, I don't have any proof of this, uh, but it would seem to me that it's just normal business has been resumed. All right, Nick Eber and Kartik Krishna with you here on Fifth Street Soccer. You can find us here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, uh, right here on these networks. And if you've missed any part of the show, we invite you to go to our podcast network. That's B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network and find our show, which is available on that network immediately on its conclusion. All right, I will be right back to wrap it up. Kartik, thanks so much. Uh, we'll chat to you later. Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. All right, uh, welcome back to Street Soccer. I hope you enjoyed the show. Lots of big topics today, as always. And, of course, the topics uh, continue. I can't wait to get back to when we're playing games. I just can't wait to get back to the real deal. Having said that, though, 
there are so many topics, so many issues. And I said at the opening of the show, this we can use this pandemic shutdown as an opportunity uh, while we're all quarantining ourselves to look at the big picture and deal with some of the bigger pictures. I mean, we've dealt with them over the weeks. Uh, we've dealt with them to today. Uh, you know, survival of football leagues in England. Uh, we're talking about corruption in FIFA. We're talking about corruption at the U.S. Soccer Federation, management changes, development academies. Uh, we're talking about what's happening with the big European leagues. What's the impact on Major League Soccer, for example? I mean, there are some big topics here that we can look at and talk about during this downtime and really try to get a handle of the approach to take once uh, the pandemic restrictions are over and we all start to take the long, slow road back to some form of normalcy uh, where you can even get a packet of toilet paper uh, at the market. By the way, I have to tell you with a great deal of glee, I was at Sam's Club uh, last week and I struck white gold. That's right, people. I struck white gold, a big member's mark, super big pack of uh, what, 48 or 50 rolls of toilet paper. You know, hey, for my family, uh, you know, we are now going to have uh, no restrictions, no, no two there's no longer a uh, two-piece limit on uh, toilet paper. Now it's a free-for-all. I uh, hope you guys are doing well and surviving. Stay safe. Stay isolated. Don't give this thing to your loved ones and people that are seriously uh, in danger. Uh, follow the guidelines, and we'll all see through this together. All right, I'll be back with you tomorrow here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Of course, also live on Sirius XM. 211 Dan Patrick Sports. Until tomorrow, folks, stay safe and I'll speak to you then. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.